0: Good evening. Welcome to the first official episode in the series for the podcast of historical inaccuracies, of to which where many of the episodes that will be furthering being being discussed'll we'll be talking about the historical inaccuracies that has to be displayed with of many with many World War two movies. Of which to the such that I'll be deciphering of such of the many so claimed to be facts that many people are assumed to believe in. Because which what many people assume whatever they see in movies are to be actually true. Which is by our accounts not. After how I'm beginning to see a much of a large, long and very annoying regression of how people are of such ignorance to believe that these are to be actually true. On one account, on one account, of such absurdity with some of the. some of the. some of the. movies. I'll be discussing for this episode more, more specifically for the majority of it is called the movie Furry by starring by Brad P- 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 Brad I can talk, Brad Pitt for one thing I'm well aware that any other movie is supposed to be informing is supposed to be giving us some form of entertainment yes that I'm aware but as for citing as a fairly well competent and knowledgeable person of the subject I thought it had to be a a duty to help people to inform people of such of these historical accuracies to which thought to be true As we begin off with the movie A Furry from the moment to that scene which we'll be discussing is the scene where of that, the tank battle scene with the ambush and furry, with the tiger yeah, the tiger ambush and furry. Now, from the moment from the start of the battle there was four tanks in a column that's moving all by itself in Germany in 1945 with no infantry supporting it. I mean... That's not how tactics would work in this sense, considering that I was in Germany in 1945 where there would be a lot of deployable infantry, air superiority, and many other units that would be supporting the tanks because, you know, marching tanks into a battlefield with no infantry support is a very idiotic move because they can be easily flanked by any infantry. and be able to closing the gap or disabling it if they don't have any infantry supporting it. Now, from the ambush ever since, which is where that the first tank, first Sherman tank has been destroyed it's not correctly displayed. Because where we see of the four tanks that are all being lined up in a column the first tank that was to be destroyed was the tank was the very last tank. Which is not correctly displayed because any German commander at this time, no matter what skill he w- will had, will already know that the way to stop a column of tanks is to shoot the leading vehicle. This was literally the first thing that they were taught in training. And I cite my sources in regards to that. My fa- grandfather was a tank commander for the German army. And as well for the field manuals that they were issued as that to be described in many of the surviving archives that are still to be found on certain websites. Now, as for many tank commanders, they use this tactic. Now, the tactic that they will use is very limited depending on which where. This tank column will be at, as for, this tactic is mostly used in which where, in like mostly urban areas, in which where no retreat can ever be found, with no retreat, no retreat, which the, the, the columns of which they where the tanks are being lined up is very narrow. But in this scene, it's really wide open, which, where this wouldn't really matter. But they didn't, correct, they didn't correctly display that. Now, the a famous example about of how using this tactic of shooting the fleeting tank was first displayed by the famous Michael Whitman's ambush during the village of Bocage that destroyed 12 British tanks. As he first targeted the leading tank, so that they could, so that the halting of the tank combat would stop, and the last tank uh, to admist the last tank, so they couldn't retreat. And as where the British were trying to find where this firing is coming from for the positions, there are to be admitting a lot of chaos as what this tactic is being used for. And why they search for where the position is being from, the commander can literally massacre every single tank that's being in that column. Where that they couldn't retreat or that they couldn't pursue by going ahead. Because those tanks are being blocked. Being blocked. So really, there really, should be no excuse to to see why... This tiger tank commander didn't do it as is. It was something he would have known in nineteen forty-five, and there was this other decision which were that very annoys me, where that of you looking at the four tanks of the decisions where Furry as the f- should have been the first targeted for the first tanks because really, if you by logis- ballistics, logistics logistics. That is, it's only more logical to see that having a very long 76mm gun which has a more powerful gun which can penet- has more penetration power than the shorter 75mm guns which the other three tanks had which it should be a m- more of a m- primarily target because the tank commander would know that this gun is more deadly to them than nearly the other tanks. That, by of logic, they should have killed Furry in the Firefly, before killing all the other German. Before killing any others, this has been said with so much historical records. Um, wait. You, as by using this tactic. They knew this gun was more deadly than the others, as they were first targeted first when being approached in a platoon of tanks, maybe like at least five, five or four. This has been so rampant with destroying the first tanks of having the wielding the much longer gun, like the British Firefly, who had a very powerful 17-pounder gun which is more than capable of penetrating the frontal armor of the Tiger Tank and many others. That The Allies had, the German tankers had a tendency to take them out first. That they were so rampant of how they targeted them first that the Allies had to counteract this by painting the barrel or making a fake muzzle break to disappear that they were welding a much shorter gun than they actually are, but though of course, despite of the amount of historical inaccuracies, I would give some credit with some form of realism with the Americans, as that as you see in the scene, the Americans did turn their frontal armor toward the area to which where the to where the originating show had occurred from as that the front armor is mostly mostly going to be very thick but with an eighty eight millimeter forge what tiger had welded, it, it's really not going to make make much of a difference regardless if they ditch face their attached front armor towards that area where the they thought the position the tiger would have been. Once they have once they had once they did it once they had faced the once they had put their frontal armor in front of them, they also they also had threw smoke at the enemy's face so that his position to know where to know where the enemy is and to reorganize their strategy, but this wouldn't be really necessary because. This is, wouldn't really be necessary because trying to, this is really, really necessary. No, wait. Actually, no, wait. Forget that. I would give some credit with the realism that the Americans threw smoke at their face. But what really didn't make sense is that the Americans tried to close the gap. Tried to get in closer. That they tried, even though that this wasn't really necessary because Furry had a capable gun that was able to penetrate the frontal armor within around 400 yards. Which just need not be true, as for some of the few manuals says that have been distributed by the U.S. Army, that it is, if it's necessary, you can charge. But in this case, it wasn't really necessary, because Furry had the longer barrel. And then, oh my god, this really pisses me off. With where the idiocy really begins, as the Tiger Tank, to whom had no reason to leave his position. As any other idiot commander would know that you are in a good position where you have ambushing the Tiger, where you have ambushing the American Sherman tanks, and where you are concealed, and you have the better gun and the armor. So why would you get rid of all of that by closing the gap? And there's that other part where that very intense firing, where everyone's firing on the move, where that wouldn't be very realistic because the Tiger tank didn't have a gyroscope to make the gun stay stabilized when the, gun, when the tank is moving. But, of course, but it would be more susceptible for the American tanks at the early stages of the war because they did have a gyroscope. So what in regards for the tiger? In regards to the t- tiger, they should have. What you should have been seeing is that the tiger should be moving, stop, and then firing. Now during the process of where the Shermans have, where all of the surviving Shermans are charging at the tiger, both of the remaining three tigers, three Sherman tanks. Has been surviving. Got destroyed, which of one of them being furry. Which didn't really have really, which didn't really have to happen because furry is literally at a killing range of the tiger. Which that I why asked that they didn't even have to, to which why I asked why they have to go back at the tank to kill it, even though it had a gun that can penetrate it from the front. And there really should be no reason why they should in- try to get around the enemy's side armor or at the back of the tank. Even though that tank's frontal armor can be penetrated by furry's, f- furry's gun. And then there is one little detail I- that really, really pisses me off to which where that... Bury bounces one of the tiger shell off to its side armor. This literally made me walk out of the movie theater when I was being shown this movie the first time. Because an 88mm shell most certainly is going to penetrate the armor of its Sherman tank at... At the side armor. It, we can literally see that it did actually get penetrated as the engine block was leaking oil. No, that shouldn't have happened. As it, no, that shouldn't have happened. The Tigers, the Sherman, the furry should have ended the battle right then and there. Right then and there. This is another. This is really another of those American movies which were very. filled with a lot of American propaganda. Which, I might say, such great idiocy and ignorance which a lot of people to believe that such these things are to be thought out of true. But moreover all, I would say that this movie does have some good positive reviews because they were actually able to get a working tiger. I mean, this was literally the only World War Two film with a working tiger available because... This tiger was the only surviving tiger that has that's currently running as of now. It's the Tiger Tank from Unit Three One Three One that was captured in the Battle of Alamein during during in the deserts of North Africa. And referring back to where that the furry bounced off the Tiger shell is that one little detail that I did notice. How I really knew, did know that this is really a very pro propaganda American movie. Is that how the Tigers loader literally suffered a stroke, as like previously with this amazing fire rate of fire it was cut in half so conveniently at the time where furry. was within around fifty yards of the tiger, but. I'll set aside of the differences with the amount of historical inaccuracies. as for at this point it's very hard to find any other movie it's not I mean a majority of any movies would find some form of historical inaccuracies. because if you really want to do find an historical accuracy movie then i would suggest re- reading a documentary but that is it for the show i hope you enjoy being real informed by dismantling all the common myths to which what many Americans have thought out to be true.